0: shenanigans that's what we had on this week's UKW Friday Night Showdown and it might be the best wrestling entertainment Friday Night Showdown we have had, the whole thing was a mess, not in a bad way, but in a kind of flux way you've got belts being stolen you got a, a reversal you got a possible big title change Anyway, let me explain why it was so fabulous Well, of course, the reason why it is so fabulous is because they know exactly what they're doing and they can do it First of all, we have a four-person booth Yeah, we've got Sid and Winter and we've got um, Steph and we've got this collector Brett Hadley who's I really enjoyed this week He's calling the action. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's been doing it for years. And he seemed really, actually, connected. I felt warm with him. And it works pretty well. I think Sid felt a little bit, or seemed to feel a little bit, disconnected. Rather than Brett being disconnected, he seemed a little bit out of it. But, um, so I don't think it worked entirely. But I did like Brett here. I wonder why they're bringing him in. I know he... He calls the special events, doesn't he? So we'd have called last Saturday, I think, but I don't know, I've not seen it yet. But um maybe he was called in because they needed a different somebody different to call it. And it, it was good. It's a different offer to um to Sid. It's a different kind of calling to Sid. And I enjoyed them both very much. Good to hear him though. First of all, we got Joe Sedgwick coming out, bigging himself up. He's out in flip flops. It, it's not a great look, to be honest. And then out comes his dad, Jonathan Sedgwick, the owner of the company. Yes, <laughs> I've starched your collar. Yes, <laughs> and he tells—he tells his son, who of course has turned to the Persian Empire side, the most dominant faction in sports entertainment. I have to say that. I really do. Anyway, he calls for Cliff Harrison to be his opponent at Rebound, the next event for the Genesis Championship belt that he was gifted, but has now defended. And just to make sure there are no shenanigans, that'll be the word of the night at that event. Jonathan Sedgwick will be the ref. He'll be in control. Yes, yes, sir. So that's a good way to start. And they carry on with another rather nifty match. Jacob Reed versus Captain Dan Adams. He's not a real captain. Or maybe he is. I don't know. I've not done my research. I don't think I need to, really. Anyway, in this match, Jacob Reed attacks immediately. And the referee, I think it was Hamza, the referee, that will be... We'll talk more about Hamza later. Because, um... He really gets involved in one of the the matches. More of that in a bit. He attacks immediately. Ref takes him away. Don't know why he does that. The bell had rung. Anyway, there's a nice Adams cross face. And um, that Jacob Reed flying either uppercut or forearm. I can't remember which it was. But um, but Mr. Reed came back to me to say, it wasn't this, it was that. Did he say it it was a forearm, not an uppercut, or an uppercut, not a forearm? One of the two... Take your pick, and come back to me, Jacob. Now, Adams decides to work on the leg. Nice Boston, but Jacob Reed powers out of it. And there's a kick to his leg as well, because he won't give up. Jacob Reed hits a lovely suplex, but he's gone back to the leg, has the captain, and there's a calf crusher, very AJ Styles, for the tap. It was rather good, actually, this. And here come the Persian Empire the most dominant force in wrestling factions at the moment. (sighs) Mustafa Khan says he is a dominant champion and there's nobody there to beat him. Well, there is somebody, and that would be JPR. He wants to go, and it's really good the way this works. Mustafa Khan suddenly gets really angry, and by doing that, he legitimises JPR's challenge. If you don't get angry with somebody, oh, yeah... It doesn't, it doesn't look like you're concerned. If you instantly get cheesed off, it looks like you're really concerned. That's nice. So, Sid, Sid, Sid Phoenix, General Manager, makes the match for later on tonight. It's your main event. And the Persian Empire are banned from ringside. This is gonna be good. Then we've got Sarah. I think it's Sarah, isn't it, doing the announcement, which cuts through Henry Winter's chat. I mean, I tend to say blather, but chat. And we've got Tommy Dillon versus Cliff Harrison. Now, stay with me on this. Tommy Dillon was the round-the-clock champion. Then he lost his belt to Ian Creed. But then lost his belt to Jake McTomb. So it's now McTomb who's the champion. It's a bit odd, really, because will Tommy Dillon be fighting... Will, will Wilde be fighting Shake for the championship? Have they split up? Blimey! That's like Ben and Jerry's going their separate way. Anyway... This is actually a pretty good match. And I've been a bit of a denigrator of, um, of Tommy Dillon. And I have to be careful because too much denigration, you can go blind, you know, apparently. But here, just put in a really good shift. Maybe that's because Cliff Harrison's work is so special. Fast to begin with, that surprised me. There are competing champs, chants, shall I say. That surprised me too. They're not competing champs, but surely it's only a matter of time for Harrison, definitely. There's a very nice Harrison armbar Then a really sweet cannonball off the apron He doesn't I've connect with that Lovely neck breaker to suplex He likes to do those chain moves And he can Then a cliffside for a two count There's a bit of a botch in the middle of this Somebody crumples to the mat And I don't know why But it didn't really matter with, the, with this Because it all works so well That if something happens it doesn't It's not really a problem then you've got a lovely Dylan Falcon Arrow. He really, he, I mean, he gives us all of it. Really nicely done. And then the sort of side sideslam helicopter thing. He holds him out, turns round and round. It's hokey, but it's sweet. But Harrison comes through with an unprettier for the win. That was the right decision. Delighted. Delighted with that match. One of the matches of the night. But this is not about the wrestling. This is about wrestling entertainment. And if you've got a really good wrestling um, offer, which they have, then you can sometimes say, let's just put the shenanigans in tonight and still have some good matches. Now, next we've got the Yorkshireman versus Billy O'Keefe. The Yorkshireman takes ages. They do talk over it, which is nice, and talk through it. Is he making a brew of Yorkshire tea? You know, all of that. There's a test of strength to begin with because Billy O'Keefe, as they keep telling us, looks like a small guy, freakishly strong, and he seems to be. There's a very nice moment where the Yorkshireman, the Yorkshireman, has got O'Keefe on his shoulders and squats to a deep, to a Death Valley driver. That's really lovely. Then there's a big Yorkshireman chop. The chop chop is over. oh no, no, it's just a chop return, and then a lovely. I mean, I shouldn't really be talking about a flip at the corner. Billy O'Keefe but the reason I'm doing so and the reason why the commentators do is because he gets such leg strength height on that it's beautiful that hammerlock lariat is not called out but it's a great move from O'Keefe I love to see it hits the DDT it's one of the new types so it's quite spiked on top of the head and here comes Johan Hunt he's taken the belt he tweeted me with it almost immediately to say look what I've got I've replied because of course as I've said you know, you may not have you may not have fought for it, but you've certainly earned it. It says here. Anyway, there's an distraction and a modified sling blade. It, well, it's a kind of it's a, it's an odd little move, but it works for um or is it is it a face plant? Anyway, for the Yorkshireman pin. But well, O'Keefe won't be leaving it there. Oh no, he'll be making another appearance later on. Now this may be the match of the night. And it's shenanigans again because it's a three-way tag team match. It's the society, that's Remus Kane and um, Robert DeCaro, versus the Playtime Mafia. That's Jester J. Rowan Lewis IV, thrice removed. And Cerebral Stee versus Big Duncan and Johan Hunt, who don't need a name because they're in the Persian Empire. Johan Hunt comes out wearing the belt and for the whole match, well, more or less the whole match, he's holding it to him. He's got Leone out with him and they're talking and he's holding it close to him because he doesn't need to get involved in the match. Not when you've got someone as big as Big Duncan, who is a tag team all on his own, really. Early on, Steve jaws at Duncan. You know, he's giving him a bit of the verbals because, of course, he he feels he's got the beating of Duncan and that's simmering really nicely. Then you've got a a lovely, and they worked so well together, a Lewis roll-up to a, it sort of rolls him through to a Steve forearm. That's lovely. Then a nice cutter from J. R. Lewis. DeCaro and Rings Kane work really well, too. A lovely senton on from DeCaro and then a very nice Inziguri. You really can get up there, you know. There's a, there's a kick to a cutter. The society are working well oiled, as Roddy Piper once said. Kane brings out those chops. And they are so tough. It's like they've been put on regular seven for about five days. Duncan's in, not officially, but he's in to an immediate double clothesline. And Steve's handspring kick is so well done. And that German suplex, what great form he's got. These are great wrestlers here. Wonderful to watch. Here comes Billy O'Keefe. I told you he wouldn't leave it alone. He chases on and. Hunt is so funny here because he does a thing where he runs to the back dodging through tables. It looks really silly and it's fabulous. In the ring, Duncan picks up Lewis under one arm, Kane under the other, and dumps them both. Then he gets out and flattens Cerebral Steve because they've got previous, so that he can't get in while his partner is being pinned. The society win. Duncan doesn't seem to care. It's not about uh, it's not about that. It's about him enjoying himself and Creeping back in is Johan Hunt with Leone and the belt cradled in his arm. That is a superb match. Great wrestling and great shenanigans. Paul Hubris is here telling us that he beat Warhorse, blimey, on, uh, on Saturday. And um, with some help, apparently, that he's saying that's, that's not what happened, but apparently it did. And he wants to see what will happen next for him. That's interesting. I like this Paul Hubris. Because if he's living up to his name, at some point he's going to be high stakes and brought really low. Now, at the ring, Sid's gone. I mean, I did see him a bit sort of quiet early on. He's gone now. I don't know whether he's gone to do some general managerly duties. Or whether whether it's been set up for the end. But this match, after Sarah rushes off for a mic... Doesn't matter, you got a mic? No, no, says Brett, we're out. So she rushes to the back, gets another one. Doesn't matter because this, this whole hour and 22 it is, goes by so quickly, goes by in the blink of an eye, and it's so messy in a good way, but it doesn't really matter. Here is your main event, and it is Mustafa Khan, the best heavyweight champion anywhere in the world. I have to say that, I really do. Anyway, versus JPR. And this will be interesting because these are two of my favourite wrestlers in UKW. Along with loads of others, but there you go. Khan comes out and rips up some of the signs. Not very nice, he's a naughty gent. And then they go at it with shoulder tackles. Mustafa well, Khan is surprised when JPR doesn't move. So he makes sure he runs the ropes and knocks him off his feet. There are some massive Khan chops. And the way this works is... and Oh, by the way... JPR's facials on this, on the chops, are great, it's like ooh with the pursed lips, that really hurt. And the way this works is that Khan keeps putting him down, pinning him, not getting the pin, and he goes after the referee, I think he's quite handsome, who he thinks should have been counting that three. He's distracted and you think any moment JPR will come back and, and have a flurry. Not a Mac flurry, a flurry. Although he might have had one later on, I don't know. But it doesn't happen that way, and it's really nicely done. He's even distracted by the fans, Mustafa for yet he has the time, because he's put the work in, to go back to JPR and beat him up some more. At one point, JPR tries to lift him after, after trying a flurry, thinking, I need more chocolate on this one, I need some orange sauce. Not that kind of flurry. He tries a flurry to come back with some chops, but he's just shot back down immediately. Then he tries to lift him, tries to lift him, couldn't even shift him, funnily enough. And suddenly, there's a roll up. And it's a really fast count from the ref. Now, when I spoke to young Horace a few weeks ago, he told me he was concerned about that particular ref's fast count. And here we have one. Of course the Persian Empire come down to the ring, of course there's afters, of course he just escapes with his clothing and skin intact. JPR's delighted, picks up a child on his shoulders, maybe it's his son, I don't know. He's celebrating because he's just won the title. But no, Sid's not there, so Henry Winter takes over, his unofficial assistant manager for Friday Night Showdown duties. I bet he wish he didn't later on. Because he does say, it was a fast count. And you haven't won the title. And while he's saying this, there is general consternation from the fans and from the Persian Empire, who are just so good at making such whoopee. And JPR is numb. And he can't believe it. And the Persian Empire, leave with the belt. And Mustafa Khan is laughing. And just before they sign off, there's just a couple of minutes left, and it's a really good way to end. Henry Winter says, he takes the mic, says, JPR, everybody, you know we have to do it right. JPR's not happy. He really is angry. And he goes to a kid who's got a sign that he rips up. And what's the sign? Henry Winter for assistant manager. And Winter is silent and completely crestfallen. And that's an extraordinary way to end because it's all breaking down. You don't know who to trust. The Persian Empire and the Ascendant, or Ascendancy. Henry Winter doesn't like the Persian Empire, but he has to do this because he felt the count was too fast. But does he have the power to do that? Should JPR have won? What will happen now with JPR? What a great episode! When it's asking so many questions, when it's making you think what will happen next week, when there's such entertaining fare. This is just getting better and better. And how will they top this? I don't know. But I'm looking forward to finding out. Ta ta!